This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Sunday. It's a freaking Juneteenth. We're going to talk about Juneteenth tonight. You know, you're going to get a history lesson. We're going to look at one of the celebrations going on in Birmingham. What else? I had something to... Oh, how it became a federal holiday. Did I see the president down? Of course. Are we Are we talking about the French president, Emmanuel Macron, who has lost his uh, majority in parliament or is projected to lose his majority in parliament? Is that the president down you're talking about? Or up in Colombia? Is that where we're going to tonight? We're going to Colombia, right? Colombian runoff election, a leftist elected president in Colombia. Oh, you're talking about Joe Biden. You're talking about Biden falling off of his bicycle. I actually haven't seen the video. You guys know I save shit like that to watch with you guys, but apparently you don't save it to watch with me. You don't save it to watch with me. No, I've not seen the video, but I'm very much aware that it happened. I've seen the oogobs of fucking me. Remember, I'm Facebook thinks I'm a Republican. Facebook thinks I'm a far-right fucking nut job. And I'm in, like, um, one of the groups I'm in is called Make Offensive Memes Great Again or some shit like that. So, trust me. Trust me, I've seen memes about Biden falling off his bike. We're going to watch the video here tonight. We're going to uh, we're going to watch a video by a right winger. Uh, the video is called "Supply and Dementia." I forget what the dude's name is. I'll I'll properly I'll give him proper credit when we watch his when we watch his video here. It's called "Supply and Dementia." About Biden and his economic policies. I'm sure it'll be illuminating. Biden visuals say a recession is not inevitable. We're going to hear from Janet Yellen. Staff. Staff for the late night talk show. Late show with Stephen Colbert. Were arrested for trespassing. This is, And this is... Spoiler alert. This is... Fantastic comedian Robert Smigel. The voice of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. That's who I believe they were doing. They were doing like a Triumph the Insult Comic Dog piece at the Capitol. They were arrested for trespassing. So, of course, the right wing media is calling for, you know, Colbert to have a whole January 6th committee hearing and an impeachment and shit. They're trying to impeach Stephen Colbert from CBS or some shit. I don't know. We're going to hear from Tucker Carlson about that. Here's your meme for the day. I'm a huge Eddie Money fan. I got two chickens to paralyze. I don't know why that cracked me up so much when I saw it the other morning. I think I saw it like Saturday morning as I was taking a shit. 
and I, I couldn't stop laughing. I tried to go back to bed after I got up for my morning constitution. I couldn't go back to bed. I was laughing so hard over I got two chickens to paralyze. Rest in peace, Eddie Money. It's been it's been pretty quiet on the on the um on one of my favorite quite possibly my favorite congresspersons, you know, front. Haven't heard a lot from my favorite congressperson in a while, but tonight tonight he is in the news. The Proud Boys accosted him at a Republican event. So you're gonna get to hear me talk about how I would give anything. Anything to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. But he wasn't the only Republican accosted over the weekend. John Cornyn was giving a speech at a highly Republican conference. Booed. Booed. Booed by the conservatives in attendance. Because how dare he, how dare he try to compromise with Democrats to come to some agreement, some modest agreement on gun control. Jesus. Tucker Carlson also had a piece about how uh, Joe Biden's coming for your guns. I like I couldn't I couldn't subject you to two pieces from Tucker Carlson, and I really want to hear what he has to seriously. If if he's really comparing Stephen Colbert to the insurrection, like and he is, you know he is. Hornet was booed over his willingness to work with Democrats on the most minuscule gun legislation. This all happening while a man in Alabama opens fire on a church on Thursday, killing three people. Something like seven or eight people were shot at a family barbecue in Texas. At least two dead. This happened in San Antonio over the weekend. Just another day in mass shooting USA. We're also going to talk. We're going to talk about just some weird news that's happening. Four inmates walked away from a prison camp in Virginia with a historic fire in Las Vegas. Took out several buildings. A monkey in a bulletproof vest was found dead after a shootout between cartel members in Mexico. I'm I'm not joking you. That is a real story that I have for you tonight. Here's like somebody even made a memorial for the for the monkey. Guy Comet, RB Warlord, you sexy people. Even you Dan 758S called me a stupid commie. You have a picture of Trump as your profile picture. Even you, Dan. I love you. I love you almost as much as I love this fucking monkey that I wish hadn't died in a shootout between cartel members in Mexico. What kind of world are we living in? Why you gotta kill the monkey for, man? Monkey didn't do nothing. Monkey innocent. I don't I don't know. Maybe the monkey's not innocent. Maybe he's 
Maybe he'd been hooked up with those prairie dogs and been doing some racketeering. I don't know. I don't know. It is indeed. It's Father's Day. I've got some I've got some some uh daddy goodness for you tonight. Some daddy goodness. I'm gonna read this Axios piece called What Did You Learn from Your Dad? which should be interesting. I'm gonna I'm going to answer these questions as we go along on Axios. Compare it with people that had normal fathers to me having a, a drugged out fucking asshole of a dad. This should be a lot of fun. Gregor Yu is gonna tell us why fathers matter. Why fathers matter. I hope he wasn't dealing coke. I mean, he was part of the car. He was the cartel's like pet monkey, but I don't think the cartel, you know, I don't think the monkey was, was like a head honcho in the cartel, but you never know. You never know. Those monkeys fucking smart. I'm sad about the monkey. We're gonna. I, I debated. I was like, "Do I want to tell the people about the monkey that died?" I don't. I don't want to be the guy to tell you about a monkey that died in a a shootout in Mexico between cartel members. But also, like, I do a news show where that seems like something I would talk about: a monkey dying in a shootout, cartel members. What is up, Socrates? Hey dude, I can't do I can't do my job with you standing there like he's right here. Can't I can't see the screen. It's I can't see what I got to do. Come on, buddy. Come on. We we've, we've established that your ass hair. No go, buddy. Get down. God damn it. Dude, dude, go, go, go. I love you too, buddy. Yes. You're shy. You don't want to be on camera, though. God damn it. That's, a, that's why you don't have emotes. That's why you don't have an on-screen graphic like Smokey. Smokey wants everybody to see him. You're, you're a little bitch. You want to come over here and lay in front of the computer. Come on, dude. Come on. I need to make I need to make socks and a moat. What is that? That was Socrates. Socks for short. They call him socks because he looks like he has socks on his feet. He's back. You see how he look, looks like he has socks on his feet? That's why he's named Socks. But but I couldn't just I couldn't have a cat named Socks. That's too that's too plain. Oh, oh, warlord! I this is the cursed image. It is a story we're going to talk about tonight. A small monkey in a bulletproof vest was found dead after a bloody cartel shootout in Mexico. The monkey could have been a mule. The monkey could have been a mule. It's 2022. Monkeys can identify as mules. <laughs> in, the, in the South Park episode. Cartman keeps saying, like, it's 2022. They do those kinds of surgeries to kids now. <laughs> I'm just cracking up. Cartman got a boob job. Spoiler alert. 
Glad Cartman had access to gender-affirming care. They don't call this a cursed image. This is this is a tribute to this poor fucking monkey. I'm not saying the cartel did anything wrong. I mean, I think the person who shot the monkey did something wrong because, like, the monkey shouldn't have died. I'm just saying. And this wasn't even the meme for the day. This was the meme for the day. I was just, I was talking about the, I was talking about the monkey story. So I put the monkey meme up. The monkey meme. I am not high enough for this shit. Oh, by the way, I really like the, uh, remember we did the story of Herschel Walker the other day. I really like the, uh, thumbnail I made for the YouTube video. He's got just a random baby sitting on the counter. Like he had the, we, we, we did the thing about his poultry business that he, he was asked to provide a recipe to some chicken company that never happened. He claimed he was an FBI agent. So I put an FBI badge on him. And then we got, we got his kid back here looking all weird and his Givenchy, his Givenchy shirt. I do. I want you to know if you. Watch the clips on YouTube. I'm trying something out. I don't know if it's going to work out. Uh, let's see here. You had to take this. I don't know if this is going to work out, but I'm attempting to. It's not so much about monetization. It's not so much that I want the advertising for the videos. It's that I want YouTube to recommend me to people. And in order to be recommended to people, you have to be advertiser-friendly. So I've attempted to censor myself on the YouTube. And, like, it still didn't it still didn't work. I missed something somewhere, or it just thought the, the content needed to be demonetized. It still didn't work, even with me censoring myself like this. You had to take the time you put on your Givenchy, however you say it, sweater... By the way, it's I assume it's hot. There's a record heat wave going on. You're wearing a sweater. You're already a weirdo to me. So you guys uh you guys told me you wanted funny noises, and that's what I came up with. The troll face over over my face with the whoop. Sassy, what is up? Flash! Okay, I have pictures of the monkey dead, but I don't know if I want to show you guys the monkey. And yes, it looks like real body armor. To answer your question, Flash. But I don't know if I want to show you guys because, like, poor fucking monkey. And I would assume that's where they, where they got this picture from. Because, like, I don't. But I don't like. It looks like his mouth is open in the one I've got over here. Maybe they just Googled monkey in a in body armor. What <laughs> I don't fucking know. No, no, no. This monkey is this monkey is dead. This is not the monkey. This is not the monkey that I have a picture of over here. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm sorry. Content warning. You get to, you get to see the poor monkey. No, he is fucking decked out. Poor fucking monkey. 
they had him completely suited up. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's everything I wanted to touch on. Did I run down what we're going to talk about? I'm sorry. I was asked a question. I had the answer to the question over here. Thoughts? Why are you being a Kevin? Please don't report me. I didn't want to show a dead, but we're a news show. We're a news show. I claim that I am news content. The the monkey was part of a news story that we are covering tonight. Hashtag cancel Justin Freegan. That's every every fucking night. That's cancel Justin. Cancel Justin. Maybe one day you'll get your wish. I'm not high enough for this shit. Are you going to piss in the floor over there? I don't know what you're doing. Am I a hippie streamer? Uh, Am I a hippie, guys? I don't know. I often get told I look like a hippie. I'm not sure I have I have a degree in philosophy. I I don't I don't have a boss. I just kind of exist out here. So yeah, yeah, I guess I guess I am kind of a hippie. Two to go! He was one of my favorite professors. He used to do this thing. Uh, my girlfriend and I took them together. We 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 were call it the the ball, uh, the ball grab or the the ball pleasure. Why you want me to take off the bandana for? You've seen me without the bandana, haven't you? You've been here, warlord. You have been here the, the longest of anybody. I do not encourage anyone to smoke weed. I'm not entirely bald. I'm pretty fucking bald, but I'm not entirely bald. We're getting there. Tuned in, dropped out. I dropped out of college my first time. I actually really enjoyed it my second time. That's I learned that um it's probably best for people to not go to college when they're 18, 19. It is probably better for you when you're a little bit older. Maybe maybe by 22, you're ready to go to college and learn some shit. Maybe everybody should take some time off before they go to a higher institution of learning. There needs to, there needs to be a few years to go out there and do some stupid shit. You just you're not ready to calm down and fucking sit in a in a seat in a seat. Do I think we should have a weed ban? No, absolutely not. Why would I want a weed ban?
I I can't imagine that secondhand weed smoke is is anywhere on par with secondhand cigarette smoke. Do you want to talk about why you think we should have a weed ban? Do you want to get in the Discord? Do you want to call in? The phone lines are indeed open. 917-830-4359. Or you can hop in the Discord. There's your link. Uh, why you t- why you like okay, you seem like you have a lot to say. I don't I don't like you know the chat is for like one off comments as we're as we're going through and, and talking about the stories we're gonna talk about. The chat isn't really for having a conversation with me. It's not conducive to the conversation, you know what I'm saying? If you want to have a conversation with me it's something you need to call in or you, you need to get on the Discord, that sort of thing. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. No, I'm not your monkey. I don't I don't do what you tell me to do. I come on at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's my time. My time. You can see me. Weed Orby says. I mean, you're acting like it's not late for me. Like, it's sunlight here. Can you see? That's my backyard. The sun's shining in. It ain't late for me. Not a hippie schedule. I just... I do the show when I thought the most people... I thought it would be the best time for the, the stuff that I do. People are getting off work. They want to hear the news of the day. That's my that was my idea. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. That way everybody's getting off work, has gotten off work. That was that was that was where I came up with with the time frame. I don't know about you, like you you're you're not you're not somebody I'm cuz there's a lot of people that that they think like they're more important than what they are. About the music, I this music, the music that's on the stream is what I picked out for the show. It's royalty free music. This is this is this is not like you know I'm not like playing this in my apartment when I'm more likely to listen to Eddie Money, who's got two chickens to paralyze. See what you see? You see? I think we are at an impasse here. Oh my god! <laughs> I I didn't ask you to come on. I'm I'm saying if you want to have a conversation with me, the chat is not the place to have it. My phone lines are open. My Discord is open. That's what we do. If not, we're gonna move on and we're going to start the news. 
Okie dokie cow. Don't have a cow, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Z Flash, that's the problem. It's like, I, I hate it if, if like somebody is eating while, while, while the troll patrol is going on. We're showing some, we're showing some, uh, shit that's unsavory. You got some cop video, cop deaths or something. Oh, I love the Simpsons references. All right, it's Juneteenth, so here's what we gotta do. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do a segment on Juneteenth. We gotta find out what it's all about. America actually has two independent. Now, this this is from AL.com. This is from their Reckon series. They are incredibly good. They're really good at little four or five minute uh, pieces that explain shit. So that's why I chose them. I haven't watched this yet, but I assure you. It will be good. Some of you may not be aware of this, but America actually has two Independence Days. One celebrates America's freedoms from Britain's rule. Another holiday, Juneteenth, commemorates the day when a Union general came into Texas and gave an order that actually ended slavery. Now, you may be going to yourself like, wait, did an Emancipation Proclamation take care of that? And my answer to you is this. You actually thought the Confederate States obeyed the law. Okay, sure. On January 1st, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln declared all slaves held in Confederate states to be freed. But that news never reached the Texas slaves and there's many theories as to why. Maybe someone literally murdered the messenger that was sent to Texas to inform them. Maybe in typical Confederate fashion, they withheld them information from the slaves. Some historians believe that since the Civil War Oh wow! I just thought that uh, I thought that it would it took it that long the news that long to reach Texas because you know it's the 1800s. But apparently, like there was some nefarious actions taken. War wasn't over yet. That the lack of Union Army presence in Texas made it hard for Lincoln's proclamation to be enforced. Nonetheless, it was cotton-picking business as usual in Texas, despite the proclamation. Dark raving. Some slave owners in neighboring states moved their slaves to Texas because they thought that the Confederate Army would eventually win the war, and when it was over, they could get their property back. So when Union General Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas with Union soldiers behind him and he saw all of these slaves, he decided to make an announcement on June 19, 1865. First off, a proclamation was made from the president to free all these slaves two and a half years ago. Second off, you are no longer slave owners and slaves, you are employers and those are your hired workers. Some slaves dipped out of there before Granger could even finish his announcement. Other slaves decided to go and leave the state so that they could repair their families that were torn apart from the slave trade. Others decided to flee up north. And they lived happily ever after, right? No, of course not. By law, they were- Of course not. But in reality, they were enslaved by oppression and violence. Black bodies still hung from the branches. Some were even shot for their freedom. But freed men and women wanted to celebrate that they were just that, freed. They created a holiday that was originally called June the 19th. But then it was kind of squeezed together and now it's Juneteenth. When they wanted to celebrate the first annual Juneteenth, segregation laws forbade them from using public spaces. Okay, that's fine. 
will celebrate new rivers and lakes. They dressed in the fanciest clothes so they can combat laws that required them to wear raggedy clothing. They ate barbecues, sung spirituals, preached religious sermons. Strawberry soda was the drink of choice, and they also ate a lot of red fruits and desserts like strawberry pie and red velvet cake to commemorate the blood that was spilt during slavery. These rituals still occur in today's Juneteenth celebrations, whether it be parades, cookouts, or five-day festivals. I am so sorry that I did not make a strawberry pie and red velvet cake. Damn, I will do that from now on. I did not know that that was the tradition. I love, like, doing holidays up. Fuck yeah. And since whites didn't want to share their own spaces with blacks, Blacks decided that they would raise their own funds for their own celebration sites, such as Emancipation Park in Houston, Texas. So as the former Texas slaves decided to migrate... But also, I don't want to encroach on a day that's, you know, it's not for me. And that's, that's, that's another reason why, like, I didn't want to put up Juneteenth graphics, like white boy here on the Twitch... Talking about Juneteenth. No, we need a history lesson. We need to know what the fuck went on. I'm glad we, we got this that actually gave the whole backstory behind Juneteenth. Next, we're getting ready to learn how the struggle went for it to become a federal holiday, which it is now. As of this year. <laughs> across the country, so did the importance of Juneteenth, which is also known as Emancipation Day or Freedom Day. In 1980, Texas was the first state to declare Juneteenth a state holiday when state offices are not closed, but partially staffed. So far, 45 states have recognized the historical significance of Juneteenth. Guess what? Alabama wasn't last this time. Alabama was the 40th state to do so but it didn't get the same paid state holiday status as Confederate Memorial Day or Robert E. Lee Day. There's also a national campaign to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. Whitewashed textbooks didn't, and still don't, mention Juneteenth. Because of that, a lot of people are still finding out about Juneteenth. So whether you found out about Juneteenth decades ago, a few weeks ago, or even just now, don't worry. That's right, it is a federal holiday. Sparkles and I had like, because I asked her if she was off and she's like, no, why would I be off? Courts are open. I'm like, the federal courts aren't open. The mail doesn't run. Well, like, what? I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if the state courts are open. Like our, our city offices are closed though. It is a, it is a national holiday this year where, whenever she made this, apparently it wasn't a national holiday, but I, I, I'm pretty sure it is a national holiday now. Or a federal holiday. Festivals to celebrate the resiliency of the black community. I'm Star Dennigan with Reckon. If you like what we're doing. Which just might have came out a couple years ago. Yeah, this came out in 2018. So, yeah, it was not a federal holiday when she made that. Yeah, my next my next fucking piece is how it evolved into a federal holiday. Juneteenth, which honors the emancipation of enslaved African Americans, is being observed as a federal holiday. But some people are still figuring out how best to mark that holiday. My colleague John Yang spoke yep. with two organizers about Juneteenth's meaning. Jeff, Juneteenth dates back more than a century. It's gained traction in recent years with the police killings of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and has come to mean different things to different people. 
Two perspectives now from Athenia Rodney, founder of Juneteenth NYC, and Melissa Rolfs, an organizer of Juneteenth events in San Bruno, California. Melissa and Athenia, thank you very much for joining us. Athenia, I'd like to start with you, and if you could just tell us a little bit about sort of your your personal experience or history Mandy. of Juneteenth. When did you first become aware of it and learn about its meaning? Sure. Well, I first became aware from my best friend um, when I was in high school. Um, she talked about Juneteenth and Black Solidarity Day. Um, and then um, I went to college and it became something that became more prominent to me because a lot of people would ask questions and I didn't know the answers. So um, it forced me to do research. It forced me to really learn and understand my history. And when I came back to New York from being away from college, um, I wanted to make sure that others knew the same because I didn't feel like it was something that was being taught in the school system. And it felt like the only way that we would be able to learn it is if we taught each other. Melissa, how about you? How did you first become aware of Juneteenth and learn about its meaning? Yeah, I didn't grow up um, learning about it in school and certainly not celebrating it as a child. But I have always been involved in my community in terms of culture and art. So it's been very recent as I've learned about the history of Juneteenth. And, and I was excited to incorporate it into my own community and talk to others about incorporating it, you know, just locally as a celebration. And Athenia, the, the, how do you think this is best marked, best commemorated? Is it a day of celebration? Is it a day of reflection? Is it a call to action for the future? Um, I think this day should be marked with all of those. It is a day of celebration uh, for all of the, the, the history that we have been able to... It is a day for strawberry pie and red velvet cake. We've been able to make. Um, it is also a day of reflection to think about those who lost their lives, to think about the blood that was shed, to think about uh, slavery in itself and how it impacts and still continues to impact us now. And also, it's about unity. It's about how we are coming together as a community and how we continue to grow what we're doing so that we become more successful. And Melissa, tell me about uh, when you organized events in San Bruno, what you thought about and how you thought about how these events should be uh, should be held. Well, for me, I, I was invited. If you're just joining us, we, we first watched a piece from AL.com about the history of Juneteenth, and now we're watching... Uh, they're they're kind of discussing how it became a national holiday and the ways to uh, celebrate Juneteenth. I did to help plan... The yeah, yeah I've, I learned multiple things here. I thought that it was Juneteenth because it took that long for the news to reach... The slaves in Texas. But now we, we learned from the first piece that we watched that it was actually purposeful uh, sabotage. Uh, that the Texas officials may may have shot the, uh, the person who had the information that slavery had ended. There, there wasn't a union presence to be able to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. So... Learn, learn that, learn the thing about the strawberry pie and the red velvet cake signify all the blood that was shed. So that is the traditional foods. So like this, this has been very informative. Celebration with city employees who really lead cultural and arts programming for the community. 
And in our earliest conversations, one of the things that was important to me was I said, I think it's important to celebrate black joy, black community and black culture, the way we celebrate those things for lots of other communities. And I think that message resonated with with um, a neighbor who was also helping to plan the event and with the staff, with the city employees. So we really talked about it being uh, a celebratory event and a little like a picnic that you might see on the 4th of July. And Athena, we've seen uh, merchants uh, getting into the act. Uh, J.C. Penney, I know, is advertising... That fucking Walmart ice cream. We even had Walmart marketing uh, Juneteenth ice cream. What, what do you make of, the, of that? It sounded like he said marketing. It really has been since it's became... Like, I don't want to mog his accent. Um, is that it doesn't become commercial. I don't want to mog his accent, but a merkin is a pubic toupee or a pubic hairpiece. So it's funny to me. <laughs> I, I I think that's hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I picked that out as we do the serious story of that. Part of my main mission really has been since it's became become a national holiday um, is that it doesn't become commercialized, but it's more or if it does become commercialized, but it's, it's through using those who are creating things in their own community. So, for example, if uh, Walmart would have contacted a business that was creating ice cream themselves, um, that was their brand, that was their business and what they were doing, and, and they said to them, hey, how can we help to improve what you're doing? How can we put what you're doing on our shelves? I think that would have been a better way. Oh, uh, Walmart don't do that shit. What the... <laughs> Listen, but I, I imagine you're That's not Walmart's best interest. want people to remember in capitalism. How this day started. What was the uh, uh, the original uh, commemoration of this day? Do you worry that that might get lost over the years? No, I think, you know, the, the Independence Day holiday, we all have barbecues and cookouts and things, but we remember why, you know, those fireworks that we enjoy, they're just beautiful now are a reminder of the uh, I think it is important to explain the history lesson and certainly in San Bruno celebration I'm one of those anti-firework people because I've seen I've seen puppy dogs that don't like them Smokey doesn't like them Smokey goes and like hides under the bed while it's happening So I'm like I'm not a, I'm not a fire like vets people with PTSD childhood traumas I could totally understand how people are really against fireworks. So I, my, you know, the personal experience that brought me over to the other side was, you know, animals. But like, we should also be empathetic of, of people who have shit that, that makes them jumpy and shit. We shouldn't, I, I'm not saying like, um, not do the 10, 15 minutes or something the city's display in like it's controlled area, but it's all the people, all the jerk offs in your neighborhood shooting shit off all hours of the night. Fuck that shit. Let, let your little municipality do its little, little firework show. And just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Come on. Don't be shooting shit off in the middle of the night. Don't scare the puppies. There was a discussion and speakers that talked about the history, but it was overall just a happy uh, celebration. And Athena, how about you? Do you 
worry that as the years go by that the, the, the sort of the central meaning of this day may get lost? I, well, okay, okay, okay. I, I hate to just I keep getting off on this. Like, if you're if you're out in the middle of fucking nowhere and you're on, because you know this is a common. I don't know how common it is wherever you people are, but where where we are, like you know, somebody might have fucking ten, fucking fifteen, twenty acres of land, hundred acres of land. It's totally possible. You're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. No one's around. Or you know, you know, you've got fucking three or four fucking neighbors, and you know them, and you talk to them, like, "Hey, you want to watch fireworks? I'm doing. It. You okay with it?" You know, that's one thing. But like, people be out here, like, outside the apartment buildings, fucking just strawberry pie is indeed excellent. Apparently, Sparkles really likes the strawberry pie from Shoney's. I do. I, I am concerned about that because I feel like with Martin Luther King Day, with Black History Month, I feel like it has gotten lost in translation, so to speak. Uh, and that's why we have focused our organization on three pillars. Um, and one of our main pillars is education. And then the, the second is empowerment. And the third and is edutainment, where we're education, educating through entertainment. Athenia Rodney and Melissa Rolfs, thank you very much. Thank you. It's you okay, so it's usually like uh it'll have pieces of strawberry, but it'll have like a strawberry like uh like a gelatin or a glaze kind of deal. It's like holding the pieces of the strawberry together and then it'll have whipped cream on top. Like uh in like a sugar cookie crust or a graham cracker crust. Probably sugar cookie. I'm always craving sweet shit. Sparkles made ice cream last night, and it was really good. Celebrations are underway this weekend, commemorating the end of slavery in the U.S. ABC 3340's Diamond Nunnally is here in Diamond. Those celebrations happening today in Birmingham. Erin, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute hosted a block party for Juneteenth today. The museum using it as an opportunity to educate African Americans about their culture. While we are teaching our culture and the endurance of the African-American community to children, we want to also be able to celebrate and commemorate how that freedom came to be. Juneteenth is a celebration of freedom and black history. It took a lot longer than people realize. It wasn't just the Emancipation Proclamation that freed people. Sunday marks the day in 1865 that a Union Army major rode into Galveston, Texas to tell enslaved African Americans, they were free. So it wasn't until June 19th. See? See the way she said that? <laughs> that implies that it just took until June 19th for the news to get there. No, we learned previously, no, that is not what happened. Right, so ever since the 1800s, we've been celebrating freedom, and Juneteenth is our day that we do that. The Birmingham Civil Rights Institute celebrated Saturday. Even this piece is whitewashed. Music and programs to educate African Americans about their roots. It's very difficult for um, people of color to trace their roots, right? And as we are celebrating the emancipation of African Americans, we want to be able to help folks trace their roots as they're celebrating their culture. The African American Genealogy Group and the Birmingham Family History Center hosted genealogy workshops for people to trace back their ancestry. It's been really rewarding seeing people connect with 
uh, family. Edward Fields attended the workshop. I always wanted to know about my grandparents and where they're from and their life story uh, as much as we could we could find. Phil's taking on the responsibility to educate future generations. It's up to the most senior people to find out who those other folks were that came before them. Otherwise, the people that come behind them really is a lot harder job. Texas was the first to make Juneteenth a state holiday with the day becoming a federal holiday just last year. So that was very informative. The the she said that uh, there was meddling in by officials. They did they didn't know exactly how that they stopped the news from reaching the enslaved people in Texas. It was like I I always thought it just took that long to reach but apparently that's not the truth it is a shame yeah they can't they don't know where their ancestors came from But I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to do something for Juneteenth, but I didn't want to, like, you know, white boy encroach on shit, throw up Juneteenth graphics and stuff. We're gonna do some international news now. First of all, this is this is something that like just horrified me, and I think it should be a much bigger story than what it is. This apparently happened today or yesterday, depending on like the time zone. More than 200 reportedly killed in Ethiopia ethnic attack. Witnesses in Ethiopia said Sunday that more than 200 people, mostly ethnic Amhara, have been killed in an attack in the country's Oromaya region and are blaming a rebel group which denies it. It's one of the deadliest such attacks in recent memory as ethnic tensions continue in Africa's second most populous country. I've counted 230 bodies. I'm afraid this is the deadliest attack against civilians we've seen in our lifetime. Abdul Seed Tahir, a resident of Gimby County, told the Associated Press after barely escaping the attack on Saturday, we are burying them in mass graves and we are still collecting bodies. Federal Army units have now arrived, but we fear that the attacks could continue if they leave. Another witness who gave only his first name, Chumbel, over fears for his safety, said the local Amhara community is now desperately seeking to be relocated somewhere else before another round of mass killings happen. He said ethnic Amhara that settled in the area about 30 years ago in resettlement programs are now being killed like chickens. Both witnesses blamed the Oromo, Oromo Liberation Army for the attacks. In a statement, the Oromaya regional government also blamed the OLA, saying that rebels attacked after being unable to resist the operations launched by federal security forces. The OLA spokesperson, Ada Tarbi, denied the allegations. The attack you are referring to was committed by the regime's military and local militia as they retreated from their camp in Gimby, following our recent offensive. He said in a message to the AP, they escaped to an area called Toll, 
where they attacked the local population and destroyed their property as retaliation for their perceived support for the OLA. Our fighters had not even reached that area when the attacks took place. Ethiopia is experiencing widespread ethnic tensions in several regions, most of them over historical grievances and political tensions. The Amhara people, the second largest ethnic group among Ethiopia's more than 110 million population, have been targeted frequently in regions like Oromaya. The government appointed Ethiopian Human Rights Commission on Sunday called on the federal government to find a lasting solution to the killing of civilians protect them from such attacks. Well, that's no fun. I'm I'm not sure. I don't I'm I don't know what the uh Eritrea I'm not sure what they are. Uh Eritrea, officially the state of Eritrea is a country in the Horn of Africa region of Eastern Africa. Oh shit. Yeah, this is a different country. Well, it's funny you should mention that, Mox, because uh, I do have some good news for you on that front. A leftist government, leftist president, was elected in Colombia. This This is footage from the runoff election. About 39 million voters will choose between a former leftist rebel and an unpredictable independent millionaire on Sunday. Oh shit, this is written in the past tense. The leftist has won. The election promises to reshape the country after uh, punishing the political class. Gustavo Petro. That is the projected winner. I... Associated Press were behind... The title makes it seem like it's, you know, the current results. We'll go to the BBC. Gustavo Petro, leftist ex-rebel, wins Colombia's presidential election. Petro, a current senator, defeated right-wing construction magnate Rodolf Hernandez in Sunday's runoff election. Figures showed he took 50.5% of votes, defeating his rival by more than 700,000 ballots to become Colombia's first left-wing leader. The 62-year-old held what he called a victory for God and for the people. May so much suffering be cushioned by the joy that today floods the hearts of the homeland, Mr. Petro wrote on Twitter. Today is the day of the streets and squares. Running mate, uh, Frankia Marquez, Francisca, I'm probably fucking their name up. A single mother and former housekeeper will become the country's first black woman vice president. Fucking A, congrats. Hell of a good day in Colombia. 
Not a good day for the neo-libs in France, though. Emmanuel Macron loses majority as French vote fragments. Less than two months after he was re-elected president, Emmanuel Macron has lost control of the French National Assembly following a strong performance by a left alliance and the far right. He had called on voters to deliver a solid majority, but his centrist coalition lost dozens of seats in an election that has left French politics fragmented. The prime minister uh, he had only recently appointed, Elizabeth Bourne, said the situation was unprecedented. The storm hit Paris as she returned to her uh, Mignon residence from a long meeting at the presidential Elise Palace to say that modern France had never seen a national assembly like this one. The situation represents a risk for our country. Given the risk we're facing nationally and internationally, we will work as of tomorrow to build a working majority. It seems a stretch when the two other biggest groups in the assembly are not remotely interested in collaboration. Economy Minister Bruno Le Marie was adamant that France was not ungovernable, but said it was going to require a lot of imagination. Far-left leader Jean-Luc Mélenchon was enjoying his success in bringing together mainstream parties from the left with communists and greens into an alliance called NUPES. He told supporters that the presidential party had suffered a total rout and every possible uh, possibility was now in their hands. Meanwhile, Marine Le Pen and her far-right National Rally Party were also in jubilant mood after turning eight seats into 89. The people had spoken, she said. Emmanuel Macron's adventure was over, and he had been consigned to a minority government. So the red is the leftist parties. The pink are other leftist parties. Over here in the blue, that is Marine Le Pen and the National Rally. What phrase is it? Holy shit. Get fucked, Marcron. Get fucked. I would assume this would be a good thing because it would force... Marcron's party, which is the yellow here in the middle, to pass some legislation with the left and pass some legislation with the right. Get fucked. Yeah, I like the I like it when neo libs get fucked. Whose whose day would you rather have? Would you rather have French President Marcron's day? Uh Losing your majority, or would you rather have Joe Biden's day falling off your bike? Bike in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Biden says his foot got caught on the pedal while dismounting. You can see he fell to the ground, surrounded by reporters. A crowd that was gathered nearby cheered when the 79-year-old Biden got back onto his feet. The president is spending Father's Day and the Biden's wedding anniversary weekend at home in Delaware. I don't, I don't understand what the big deal is about him falling off his bike. <laughs> it's 
Sky News Australia says it sums up the Biden presidency. Free world who this week gave a lesson in how to deliver a poignant message sensitively. Take it away, Joe. And by the way, my sympathies to your the family of your F, uh, uh, I saw somebody who was a biker said like he did he took it like a pro, like the way he landed. And got back up, like, but I, I don't fucking know anything about biking. But like, he, he fell like a professional, but you know, I don't know, or they're a simp for Biden or some shit. I get knocked down. I used to really not like that song, but apparently they're like a hardcore communist band. And like, and that song is like really about fucking the system. Your CFO, who uh, dropped dead very unexpectedly, and my best to their family. It's tough stuff. I try to be fair. I don't. The man's family. And I mean, I don't like Biden, but I want to be fair. Isn't just a man of words. He's a man of deeds. Watch him ride his bike like the virile octogenarian he is. <laughs> Bitch, he's probably riding a bike better than you can. <laughs> yes, that's Joe Biden just falling uh, off his bike, stationary bike. Let me tell you, if you're actually out there riding a bike for an extended period of time, you're going to fall off it. The more time you spend riding a bike, the more likely it is that you're going to take a tumble every now and again. Bike. Thankfully, he is not hurt. But people are wondering how it happened. I don't know. I think I think she seems like she would have been thankful for it. Wow. <laughs> Just a bit of fun, folks. But one could argue that this image sums up the Biden presidency. A perfect... If I'm not mistaken, Rupert Murdoch owns this, this uh, news outlet. The time we've seen the president stumble. But don't expect the media to read too much into it. Not like their hysterical response to Donald Trump walking slowly down a ramp at West Point. No, Donald Trump walking carefully down a steep ramp really mattered. Just ask CNN. But President Biden is the picture. No, it was founded by Rupert Murdoch. Apparently it's owned by Comcast now, which same difference. Same shit, same shit. It's It's just like watching Fox News. Oh, he still owns it? Said it was owned by Comcast when I looked it up there, but it said he was the founder. So I thought he used to own it. Biden officials say recession isn't inevitable. A gas tax holiday remains a possibility. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said on ABC's This Week that a recession is not inevitable. With Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm and Brian Deasy, Director of National Economic Council, echoing her on other programs. Granholm said that one of the biggest causes of inflation is the high cost of gas. She acknowledged that suspending gas tax is a possibility, but it's a complicated issue. Part of the challenge with the gas tax, of course, is that it funds the roads, and we just did a big infrastructure bill to help fund the roads, Graham, uh, Graham said on CNN's. Did they fuck it up? Because it says Granholm up here, and it says Graham here. I thought it was Granholm. 
Said on CNN State of the Union, so if we remove the gas tax, that takes away the funding that was just passed by Congress to be able to do that. Yellen called a gas tax holiday an idea that's certainly worth considering. She said President Joe Biden is ready to work with Congress to bring costs down. Meanwhile, the former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers under uh, Obama and uh, he was... He was something, I think, deputy. Is a recession a, a mild one? I think he was deputy something or other under Clinton. Larry Summers says that the Fed made a mistake raising interest rates. So my inclination is to say that maybe the Fed was doing the right thing if Larry Summers thinks it was a mistake. Necessary in order to tame inflation. Can inflation at this point be tamed without an, uh, uh, without triggering a recession? I don't think there are historical precedents for inflation at the rate we now have it coming down uh, to the target the Fed has set of 2% without a uh, recession. I think all the precedents point uh, towards a recession a recession chuck there's always a first is he drunk i don't want ever to make hey old dude that's been wrong about everything in my lifetime can you go the fuck away look at a whole range of indicators if you look at what's happened in markets price controls aren't a thing to neoliberals rates of different durations if you look at surveys of consumer uh expectations (laughs) and if you look at the simple fact that what drives inflation is supply and demand. Supply doesn't change that fast. And so mostly what you need to do to reduce inflation is reduce demand. And that is a very hard process to control. And so it usually leads to a recession. All of that tells me that while I wouldn't presume to be able to judge uh the timing, uh, the dominant probability would be that by the end of next year, uh, we would be seeing a recession in the American economy. It kind of sounds like, kind of sounds like you're engineering it with government policy. All right, now we're going to go over to bit shoot. The title of this video is Supply and Dementia. Last video I... This is Matt Christensen. This is Matt Christensen on BitChute. Supply and Dementia. Biden yells at oil companies to make gas cheaper. I talked about the predictable consequences of the fraudulent lockdown bargain that No matter how appropriately cautious it may have sounded at the time, there's just no escaping the reality that reduced production and increased money supply results in inflation. And yet, this president insists that unavoidability is somehow a lie. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. And I'm not even... I don't even know what spending they're talking about. ...started under the prior president with unanimous Republican support in the Senate and only a handful of opposition votes in the House. It's not a partisan point. It's just to say that when we deny the nature of the problem, 
we perpetuate the problem. There's a very similar political incoherence now happening with oil and gas. When you run an entire campaign and early presidency on not just hostility, but at times a promise to end the... I'm always, uh, I'm always suspicious of people who have the U.S. flag with the 13 stars... Uh, I, I feel like that's low-key a signal that they want to go back to a time of slavery. You can see the Gadsden flag over here. My, you know, my take on the, the right-wingers are morons. The industry outright. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Would you close down it's the oil industry? Way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. It is a big statement because I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. The natural consequence is reluctance to invest in that industry. If you tell me that lemonade stands will be banned tomorrow or at least so heavily regulated that the prospect for profit is near zero, I'm not going to the hardware store. (laughs) This is Matt Christensen that I found on... BitChute. This is called Supply and Dementia. He's he's teaching an economics lesson about how Biden doesn't know what he's talking about. I would. I'm not going to the grocery store to buy lemons. I just won't build a lemonade stand. I'll look for something else to do instead. Since you're telling me that you're looking for ways to shut them down, or at least transition to a different refreshing summer beverage. And even if you do hate lemonade stands, that's fine. I guess you're entitled to your opinion, but please... At least be consistent about it. If you're telling me that lemonade stands will be banned tomorrow, you don't get to simultaneously tell me to take my money and go build one anyway. Why would I? By your own statement. But he never said that waste of time oil would be banned tomorrow. That's not the way he said that. Now telling the oil companies, we you're don't being very dishonest. But also, please get out there and. Increase the capacity of your industry. This is Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, completely incoherent on CNN this week. Five years from now, ten years from now, are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You want the refineries putting out more gasoline in five or ten years? What we're saying is today we need that supply increased. Of course, in five or ten years, actually in, in the immediate, we are also pressing on the accelerator, if you will, to move toward clean energy. Ultimately, America will be most secure when we can rely upon our own clean domestic production. Nothing, nothing she said. What, what, how did he describe that? They don't want increased oil refining capacity five years from now. They want green energy. They just want increased oil refining capacity today. Okay, but increasing that capacity requires a future to make the investment. There will be no lemonade tomorrow. Only soda. Now get out there and build a lemonade stand. No. Why would I? And maybe you could call that just a one-off, confused interview. And it would be nice if it was. Cool, you're making making the argument for why we should nationalize energy. As articulated in a formal... Because if the market isn't conducive to what we need as a society, as a country, in our national security interests, all of those things, then we need to take it over and fuck the market. That is the general summary of this. I still, I want someone to explain to me 
how a company, how ExxonMobil can own the oil that's in the ground. That seems like the mineral rights seem like something that the people should own as a collective. I know. Call me a dirty fucking commie for it. I thought the same thing growing up in Appalachia with the coal in the mountains. Shouldn't the people own the coal? It's just kind of, it's kind of like here in our backyards. Shouldn't we as a collective own this shit? It doesn't make sense to me. But Biden's position is being misrepresented by this fuckstick. Because Biden is actually saying, like, we've got 9,000 leases that have been approved. They're just not drilling on them. We're not talking about approving new leases because we do want to ramp down on oil production. But they've got the leases to go out and drill now. And the dude is right. The market is indeed telling them to restrict capacity for their own greed. I agree, dude. And many people, many people pointed out that you know the 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 price of oil, or the price of a of a, of a barrel of oil was the same in like two thousand fucking seven. And it's, it's something like we're we're, we're paying thirty three percent more or some shit. Fuck. I'm sorry, dude. You're just you're 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 being a bootlicker for American corporations letter that Biden sent to the leadership of all the major oil companies on Tuesday. I don't know what you guys are doing, but you're making way too much money and not producing enough. So stop it or else I'm going to send my crazy energy secretary lady to come yell at you, too. In fairness, there is a little more to the letter than just incoherent yelling. There is an alleged logic to it, but not much. The letter an alleged logic. Oh, my God. Allegations. Number it's one, the capitalism stupid companies aren't refining as much gasoline as they could or should. And number two, that the reason they aren't doing more refining is because they enjoy higher prices and profits as a result of the constraint supply. And by yes! said the same thing at the end of his speech at the Port of Los Angeles last week with the added accusation that ExxonMobil isn't paying their taxes either. Why aren't they drilling? Because they make more money I do not know what ExxonMobil's tax burden has been in the last couple of years, but I do know for a fact that there have been many years, many years, that Exxon has indeed paid nothing in federal taxes. Many years have been subsidized by the federal government. Not producing more oil. Exxon, start investing. Start paying your taxes. Thanks. Does he have evidence of ExxonMobil tax evasion? No, of course not. Because the truth is actually the opposite. Exxon paid billions in taxes in the first quarter of this year. Again, he's just yelling at them to spend their money in illogical ways. Pay more in taxes than you're legally required to. No, why would I? Invest more in oil production. No, you're the guy who says that industry has no future in this country. And just like the speech, the letter lacks any factual basis either. The two central accusations that oil companies are producing in low numbers and that they're doing that for the purpose of growing profits 
completely fall apart when you take a closer look. Biden's letter accuses the oil companies of making a business decision to reduce production without giving any detailed numerical breakdown to say whether or not that's actually true. Because when you look at the numbers from his own energy department, it isn't. In fact, U.S. refining is nearly at capacity, 94% in the most recent June numbers, meaning U.S. oil refineries are producing 94% of the gasoline that they could possibly produce at full capacity. That's the highest rate since 2019, right before the COVID downturn. With a couple of caveats, it is true that capacity itself has dropped slightly since then, down about 5%. And it's also true that operating at near 100% capacity doesn't mean that you can't grow capacity, in theory. ExxonMobil's effective tax rate was 2.8%. What's your guys' tax rate? What's your, what's your guys' tax rate? ExxonMobil's is 2.8%. billion in earnings for the year 2021. Paid $236 million in federal income taxes. $9.3 billion. $236 million is a drop in the fucking bucket. So this dude, uh, I, clearly we know that uh, Exxon is not paying his taxes. But that requires the sort of investment environment that we started with. You don't build a lemonade stand when the regulators tell you that the future is soda. Likewise, you don't build an oil refinery when the regulators tell you that the future is alternatives either. And so this dude has been completely dishonest for decades. The last major U.S. refinery built started operating in 1977. And earlier this month, the Chevron CEO says he doesn't expect another one ever to be built in the U.S. again because it requires massive investment. It okay. takes years to build and years more still to make it profitable and get a return to shareholders. And that's if the company even successfully navigates the regulatory minefield at all. It takes years to get through the red tape and the efforts at building major refineries since 1977 have generally just lost the battle of attrition. The litigation and other legal obstacles are so costly that it just isn't even worth it to try. Meaning, any call for increasing production must be paired with serious efforts at removing the obstacles to that production to have any credit. It is just pro-corporate fucking bullshit from this dude. Say, and the president does. I get. I gotta turn him off. Like it's, it's already been completely dishonest. Supply and dementia was kind of a, a witty title, though, dude. I'll give you that. Speaking of presidents with dementia, ex-Trump aide says Trump admitted privately when he was still president that he had lost the election. He was on with CNN. So if I may, um, one of the questions that we've been asking since these hearings started is whether or not the committee can prove intent, whether the president intentionally uh, tried to overturn the election knowing that he actually lost. You, he told you 
in November of 2020 that he lost when you were working in the White House. He admitted he blurted out watching Joe Biden on TV. Can you believe I lost to this guy? And he actually (laughs) press conference when he was speaking to the um, about coronavirus in the press briefing room. He actually slipped and kind of admitted that Joe Biden won. I think intent is going to be hard. I'm not of the mind that this is going to take down Donald Trump in a legal sort of way, but I do think it's going to inform the public about a man who lost and couldn't do what we've done for the entirety of our history, which is, you know, allow a peaceful transition of power. There you go. The January 6th committee resumes this week. Joining me now, one of the other Republicans who voted to impeach Trump Congressman Fred Upton of Michigan, who is now. GOP lawmaker says January 6th hearings are changing Republican voters' minds about Trump. Doubt. Retiring at the end of the term. Congressman, thank you so much for joining me. You were just, as I said, one of 10 Republicans who voted in the House to impeach Donald Trump. I am not high enough for this shit. On and leading up to January 6th. Do you think the case the January 6th committee is presenting is resonating with moderate Republican voters and independents? Yeah, I think so. I think the overriding issue certainly is the economy and gas prices, but I think there's been real interest in what's going on. Uh, You've got, obviously, your different factions that are not going to turn it on and watch. They made their decision some time ago, but yeah, I I think that it's had an impact on voters across the country, and we'll see how this thing plays out. Uh, the committee has been very careful not to divulge any details in advance of their hearings. Uh, Red Upton, he was involved in some kind of scandal 10, 15 years ago or some shit, wasn't he? I, I, like, I know, I know him for some reason. For me, I, you know, obviously I was there that day. Uh, the regrets that I see is that some of the folks that they've talked to uh, who are now, their, their answers are being made public. Where have they been for the last year and a half? Uh, why weren't they saying what they're saying now a year and a half ago, uh, particularly to those of us that actually witnessed what was going on uh, to back us up a little bit? Well, conservative judge Michael Ludig testified this week that Donald Trump and his supporters still pose a, quote, clear and present danger to American democracy. Congressman, the former president is actively exploring a 2024 run right now. Is your party going to back him again? Well, I have said from the beginning, I think that Donald Trump is going to be a candidate in 24. I'm, uh, I'm not seeing like any we see that, uh, any scandals or anything. Uh, he's had a number of uh, decisive wins uh, where he's endorsed candidates that they've won. Uh, he's had a, f- a few losses as well, but he, he certainly entertains a, a majority of the Republican base and will be hard to stop. And, and frankly, as we look at the economy, we look at gas prices, all these different things, uh, folks are not really happy with the Biden administration, which is why he is mired at a level even below where mm. uh, Donald Trump was at this point in, in his uh, tenure. What does it say to you uh, about your party that even after what we have seen over the last week that you say uh, is, is pretty uh, damning, that Republican voters you think still might make him the nominee if he does run. Oh, he'll be the nominee. Close election. It was a close election in 2016. It was certainly a close election in, in 2020 as well. Uh, and you've got the base voters that are really upset that things didn't go their way mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're loyal as can be. Well, the problem is all the right-wing nut jobs that are getting elected to Secretary of State, 
Local fucking boards. Got some QAnon sitting on like county election boards. That's that's the shit you gotta I look out for. Vice President Pence. This is Representative Jamie Raskin. I don't even remember what he's talking about. Um, just in the last 48 hours. Uh, and essentially has not changed his view. He calls Mike Pence weak. Um, says, I think he called him a conveyor belt. This public admission that essentially he wanted continues after laying out all this evidence. Uh, is, is that, is he that confessing? Yeah, he's essentially saying, yeah, I did it and I'll do it again. Uh, which is what we have been contending all along, that uh, if you allow impunity for attempts at unconstitutional seizures of power, uh, which is what a coup is, um, then you're inviting it again in the future. Um, And to be a strong, self-sustaining, self-respecting democracy, we can't allow people to decide that they are above the law and that they are more important than our constitutional processes. Yeah, that's exactly what Trump's doing. He's saying, I'll do it again. Trump pushed back against the allegations at a gathering of Christian conservatives on Friday, saying he never called Pence a wimp, but lamenting that Pence did not have the courage to act. Trump also hit back at the select committee, accusing it of knowingly spinning a fake and phony narrative. Yeah, he's essentially saying, yeah, I did it, I'll do it again, Raskin replied when asked by host Chuck Todd. The January 6th committee will resume this week. I'll try to cover another day of it, I swear. I swear. Stephen Colbert, staff members, arrested. Trespassing on Capitol Hill. He didn't call him a wimp, he called him a pussy. (laughs) Robert Smigel, the voice behind Triumph, the insult comic dog, was among the employees detained by Capitol Police. I absolutely love Robert Smigel. (laughs) A TV funhouse that aired on Comedy Central in like 99, 2000, something like that. It only got one season. They only aired it like after midnight because it was it was that fucking outlandish. It was by Robert Schmeigel, you know, like TV Funhouse on on Saturday Night Live, but it was a whole fucking show, and it was excellent. <laughs> oh, I always pull out the uh, for me to boob on. Seven staff members from The Late Show with Stephen Colbert were arrested for allegedly trespassing in a Capitol Hill building on Thursday. Authorities have said all seven were each charged with unlawful entry. The employees, including Robert Smigel, the voice behind Trump, the insult comic dog, were found by U.S. Capitol Police officers inside the Longsworth House Office Building, which houses offices for members of the House of Representatives. The building was closed to the public at the time. Well, that didn't stop the one fucking congressman from bringing in the insurrectionists Capitol police said they'd asked the group to leave the grounds earlier in the day. The group were unescorted and without congressional ID in a hallway on the sixth floor. The people identified themselves as being affiliated with CBS's the late show. A person familiar with the matter told the associated press their interviews at the Capitol were authorized and prearranged through congressional aides. 
of the members interviewed, CBS said. Well, then they should have been allowed in. If they if they had pre-authorized interviews, then they should have been allowed in there. Uh, after leaving the members' offices on their last interview of the day, the production team stayed to film stand-ups and other final comedy elements in the halls when they were detained by Capitol Police. Sounds like they did nothing fucking wrong. The intrusion comes amid heightened sensitivity around unlawful or unauthorized access to congressional buildings and came as the third public hearing by the House panel investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection concluded. Capitol Police said, well, I assume that's what they were doing a bit on. Capitol Police said they received a call about a disturbance in the Longworth's uh, House office building around 8.30 p.m. According to Fox News, which first reported the incident, the Late Show staffers reportedly applied to get a press credential for the hearing, but were denied by the House Radio TV Gallery because they are not considered news. Well, they're not. CBS told them, but I mean, if Fox can be in there, they're more. They they have more news content on the Late Show than they do on any Fox News program. CBS told the New York Post that the production team was at the Capitol on Wednesday and Thursday to record interviews with House members for a segment of Colbert's comic dog sketch. Democrats Adam Schiff, Stephanie Murphy, and Jack uh, Uchiklos had reportedly been interviewed by the cigar-chomping puppet. They were reportedly escorted out of the building earlier in the day, but had re-entered by an aide to Achilokos, who believed they had more interviews to conduct. The arrests were politically recontextualized on social media. What did the January 6th committee know, and when did they know it, about the Colbert insurrection at the Capitol? No, they really are referring to it as an insurrection. They really are referring to it as an insurrection, Get ready to get pissed off. Here's your dose of Tucker Carlson for the night. That means I think we have a right to know. Harmeet Dillon, I appreciate all the work you do. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tucker. We've got a Fox News alert for you. This is almost beyond belief, but just before this show aired, we... What happened to his hair? What happened to his hair? learned that last night producers for Stephen Colbert's show on CBS committed insurrection at the United States Capitol. No. Adam Schiff, the congressman from California who has spent the last year and a half telling you that unauthorized violations of Capitol space are a coup, Adam Schiff illegally gave producers <laughs> CBS access to the Capitol. And then... I'm not high enough for this show. The show's senior producer, a director, a comedian, and a writer remained in the Houseworth, Longworth House office building after hours. And the point of them being there was for them to harass sitting members of Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. U.S. Capitol Police say they got a call about a disturbance at about 8.30 p.m. They told us, quote, responding officers observed seven individuals unescorted and without congressional ID in a sixth floor hallway. Officers then arrested them and charged them with unlawful entry into the Capitol complex. Now, that's the exact same charge that many January 6th defendants face. We'll just get right to it. It is likely that some members of Stephen Colbert's team will be held in solitary confinement for a year and a half without being charged. Why? Because this is an insurrection. And actually, joking aside, how could they not be held for a year and a half in solitary confinement without being charged? Because the precedent is in place. And how in the world can Adam Schiff, again, who spent the last year and a half 
eliminating the civil liberties of Trump voters on the basis of January 6th, do the ex- uh, uh, Tucker did not have this segment up. I had to go find this from somebody else. But don't forget to like their, their channel. We're going to tell jokes about, oh, it's like- Hi, Smokey. No, it's exactly like what happened on January 6th. So we'll take a close look at what the punishments are. Liz Cheney, call your office. You've got another committee to impanel. Adam Kinzinger is crying at the thought. I think uh, QAnon Shaman was in com- a solitary confinement for a little while. Jo- <laughs> I seriously do. I think they, they held the, the QAnon Shaman in solitary for a little while. I think it was for his own protection, to be honest with you. If I remember correctly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The Proud Boys confronted Representative Dan Crenshaw at a conservative event. This was at the Republican Party of Texas convention. This is Representative Dan Crenshaw, a Republican from Texas, at a Republican uh, Republican Party of Texas convention on Saturday being accosted by the Proud Boys, far-right activists, uh, the New York Post calls them. For those of you who are unaware, I would give anything I own, every every dime I have to my name, to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye, pussy, sir! As you can see, as you can see from the closed captioning here, some of them are calling him Eye Patch McCain. Eye Patch McCain! Hey, Eye Patch McCain! Look at Eye Patch McCain right here! You're a rhino! You're a globalist! You're a globalist rhino! You're a globalist rhino! Kid, you're a globalist rhino! Eye Patch McCain! Eye Patch McCain! Eye Patch McCain! I pass McCain. Hey, I pass McCain. Look at I pass McCain right here. You're a rhino. You're a globalist. You're a globalist rhino. You're a globalist rhino. Kid, you're a globalist rhino. I pass McCain. I pass McCain. I pass McCain. I pass McCain. Hey. This is Alex Stein, primetime number 99, is what, the, is what the logo bug says. Alex Rosen, I call out Dan Crenshaw for his World Economic Forum involvement. As the confrontation continued, the content creator called Crenshaw a fraud. Klaus Schwab is literally your daddy, the heckler said. Referencing the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. Sir, take it easy. A man in a sergeant-at-arms t-shirt said, after another man in a suit, moved in to impede Rosen's progress. You have a right to voice your opinion, but not to beat people. There you go. I patch McCain. They are trying. The snakes are eating themselves. Here's John Cornyn. Uh, maybe at the same event. This is the Texas, yeah, Texas Republican Convention. 
getting booed because he's leading the way uh, to work with Democrats for some kind of gun reform. Let's take our country back, starting with Congress in November. Thank you. God bless you. And may God continue to bless our great state of Texas. Yeah, that looks that looks like Texas to me. What an event at Texas would look like. Gun grabbing Rhino Senator John Cornyn booed. Sounds like Texas. I can smell it. You smell Texas, don't you? Yeah, John Cornyn is a rhino now to these people. That's how far fucking nuts they've got. Mask on reactionary. That's what they they hate the mask ons. And the people with the mask ons are like, how are you going to get anything accomplished if you're all mask off? Oh, fuck. As Cornyn talks, folks are rowdy, chanting no red flags. Say no to Cornyn. When Cornyn talks about electing new leadership, folks scream like Cornyn. Oh fuck! Just because just because they're working on modest, modest gun reform, which might help reporting and background checks. No universal background check, just the reporting of inst- instances, so that they can be reviewed in background checks. Like if you if you had some some fucking red flag while you were at a school, that'll show up on your background check now. That is all Cornyn is doing with Democrats. And those people have gone nuts. Meanwhile, it's just another day in mass shooting USA. Suspected Alabama church shooter had received warning letter from ATF over missing gun inventory. Robert Smith... Who uh, is looking a little rough these days. Lead singer of The Cure. A 70-year-old man who prosecutors say shot and killed three people. The lead singer of The Cure did not shoot and kill three people. (laughs) He had to do it on Thursday because Friday he was in love. Robert F. Smith, a 70-year-old man who prosecutors say shot and killed three people inside an Alabama church on Thursday, was a licensed gun dealer, according to government records. Federal inspection reports show that Smith had received a warning letter from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms in 2018 related to missing gun inventory. Smith was charged with capital murder in the shooting of St. 
Stevens Church in Vestivia Hills on Friday. Police and Smith came to a small group event at a church, a senior potluck, and opened fire, killing three people. This home in Vestavia Hills is registered with the ATF as a primary address for Original Magazines 2, a business with a federal firearms license. The license is valid until 2025, according to ATF records. A federal inspection reports compiled by news outlets The Trace show that Smith had received a warning letter from the ATF in 2018. According to the database, the warning letter was issued in February of 2018. The letter said Smith had 86 firearms on hand compared to the 97 listed in his records. Smith failed to record the disposition of multiple firearms, the letter said. The letter also cited issues with Smith's record keeping, saying that he failed to record necessary information like addresses and, f- and license numbers and records as required by laws. Even potlucks aren't safe. Fucking barbecues aren't safe. Barbecues aren't safe. Another day in mass shooting USA. Mass shooting at a family barbecue leaves at least two dead in San Antonio. A vehicle drove by and unloaded on them about 20 to 30 rounds. San Antonio Police Department Chief William McManus told reporters this happened earlier today. At least two people were killed. Oh, I'm sorry. Late yesterday. At least two people were killed and five others injured in a drive-by shooting on a family barbecue late on Saturday. Police in San Antonio said the family was barbecuing out in front of their house. San Antonio Police Department Chief William McManus told a news conference early on Sunday. He added that a vehicle drove by and unloaded on them. We We don't know anything else. There were six children inside the house that were uninjured. Amanda said there was a deadly con- uh, there was deadly conduct at the address in the city's southwest block in May, but other than that, police did not have any history on the house. There was no description of the shooter or shooters. McManus could not confirm whether the shooting was targeted, but investigators have a couple theories. We got a couple theories. Oh, huck yuck. Because cops are so reliable, like, you know, in Uvalde. In Virginia, they let some inmates escape. U.S. Marshals are searching for four inmates who just walked away. It even said, like, you guys you guys see it. It's in, it's in quotes. Walked away from Virginia prison camp. Just walked away. They just walked away. Nobody, nobody even said, like, hey, where are you guys going? What the fuck? How do how do how do inmates just walk away? I'm having the most trouble with their fucking their video player uh news uh news 6 in Richmond fuck your video player. Police are searching for four inmates who walked away from a minimum security satellite camp in Prince George County. Thanks for joining us for CBS 6 Weekend. I'm Julie Bragg, in for Jake. Officials with the Federal Correctional Complex say the four men, Corey Branch, Tavares LeJuan Graham, Lamonte Rashawn Willis, and Kareem Allen Shaw, were discovered missing around 1.45 a.m. 
FCC officials say the United States Marshals, FBI, and other law enforcement agencies have been notified. No word on how the men escaped has been released at this point. We talked to a longtime resident of the area who lives near the facility. Apparently they walked away! Herself and others worried. I mean, I don't know what happened, but you know, you worry about it because you just don't know where people go, you know, to get out of prison or what they were even there for. Well, all of the men were sentenced to the facility for illegal drug or firearm. I was getting ready to say it's probably just drugs. It's probably nothing, nothing fucking big. That number on the bottom of your screen is 804-545. Do not narc. You do not narc. We we aren't narcs in this fucking in this fucking house. Thirteen-year sentence for possession with intent to distribute fentanyl, and felon in possession of a firearm. Another one had cocaine. These these men are heroes. They risked their lives to sell us drugs. You have the audacity to lock them up in prison. Probably shouldn't be dealing fentanyl, but like, do I do I trust the cops to know what fentanyl fucking is? No. There was this fire in Las Vegas. It's apparently a, of historic size. Breaking news out of downtown Las Vegas, where a large fire has destroyed several buildings and injuring one person. This happened on Fremont and Tower Street. That's just west of Eastern at 1 o'clock this morning. Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. I would love a soda. Continuing to put out hot spots. Between four to seven buildings are completely destroyed. A few of those are condos. Around two dozen cars were also scorched in the fire. Officials say the first building that went up in flames was a unit that was under construction. Nearly 50 units and 150 firefighters were called there to that scene. Now let's go ahead and take a live look here from the uh, traffic cam at Charleston. The fire is mostly knocked down, but it's not completely out just yet. They tell us up to 100 people are still out of their homes. Now on this camera, on the left-hand side is Charleston. On the right is, is uh, Fremont. You can still see the emergency vehicles uh, there blocking Fremont Street and a couple of them on uh, Charleston. They're over here. It's in between those two, there was a block of condominiums. The evacuation center has so the fire took place in here. Worth elementary school for those who are out of their homes. Red Cross is also helping those evacuated. Uh, crews remain there on scene to continue the investigation. Now, I don't think it was like a casino or anything, though, was it? Fire and Rescue tells me this might be the largest fire he has battled in his 26 years there with the department. This is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Destroyed in this place. One person has injured a minor injury uh, associated with that. But fire crews say that uh, this appeared to have started in one of those buildings that was under construction. They are continuing uh, to find out what exactly caused this. And, of course, we have crews there on scene gathering some information for you. Gathering up that information, putting it in their baskets, their little information baskets they carry with them. All reporters have information baskets, if you guys didn't know that. Content warning, I don't want to have to show you a, 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 a dead animal. It really breaks my heart, but we got to talk about this fucking story. A small monkey in a bulletproof vest was found dead after a bloody cartel shootout in Mexico. 
A spider monkey wearing a bulletproof vest was found dead after a bloody cartel shootout in Mexico among the body bodies of 11 bullet-ridden riddled gangsters. I love how, like, the 11 people dead didn't make a headline. The monkey dying was the headline, and thank, thank you. Thank you for that, Business Insider. Monkey was reported to be the pet of a man in his 20s, said to be part of Mexico's notorious La Familia Michoacana, Michoacana, Michoacana cartel, according to the Mexico Daily Post. Owner was found dead with several bullet wounds and the monkey lying on its chest following a gunfight between the criminal group and authorities in the town of Texachilla. God, I'm fucking it all up. Texcalatiliana in Mexico City state on Tuesday. There's a clunky sentence. Photographs circulated on social media showed the small monkey laying sprayed out, dressed in a bulletproof vest, a camouflage jacket, and a diaper. You guys want to see the We've come this far. Well, first of all, first of all, they made a memorial for him. They made a fucking memorial for him. Look at that cute little monkey. But as we found out earlier, that's that's not actually that monkey because that's that is pictures of the monkey that they found. Unfortunately. I'm sorry, little dude, that your bulletproof vest didn't protect you. I wish you'd ran off. I wish you'd ran off and you weren't involved in all of this. I hate to see you go, little buddy. I didn't even know you and I loved you. Mexican authorities confirmed the authenticity of the images and said it was unclear whether the monkey died due to gunfire. A primate was killed at the scene, which was presumably owned by a criminal who was also killed at the scene. The statement said an autopsy will be carried out by a veterinarian. We're going to even do an autopsy on the monkey. And that authorities will consider whether to bring animal trafficking charges against the surviving suspects. Hold somebody accountable for the fucking monkey. Homie was down to ride or die. Fuck. He might have died of a broken heart because his owner died. According to the Mexico Daily Post, 10 men were killed during the shootout on Tuesday and one more died in a hospital. Authorities seized various weapons, including firearms, vehicles, and cartridges, and several suspects were detained, according to the paper. The Attorney General's Office of the State of Mexico also released images of detained suspects, including five men and three women. A minor under the age of 15 was also arrested. For some reason, they've attached the... This incident shines a lot on criminals' fixation with exotic pets in Mexico. On the same day, videos circulated on social media of a, of a Bengali uh, tiger, a Bengal tiger walking through the streets of uh, Tequilala in western Mexico. A man can be seen approaching the tiger and placing a rope around its neck and leading it away. The tiger's claws and fangs have been... Re- oh, no. No, poor kitty. No. no. I re- I refuse to even like declaw my cats. They all have their they all have their claws. 
That that couch is their fucking scratching post if they want. Like, <laughs> oh poor baby. It gives them issues. They have to like walk without their their fingertips. Wouldn't do anything to harm my babies. Mexican drug traffickers copied from the Medellin cartel the custom of acquiring exotic animals and setting up private zoos. We know all about the cocaine hippos. Oh, I are tigers not native to the Western Hemisphere? I have no clue where tigers... Like, I'm, I'm sure the tigers come from, like, Africa or some shit, don't they? Let's talk about Fox News. Before we talk about dads, we're going to do... We started with the Juneteenth shit. We're going to talk with... Uh, we're going to talk about dads at the end. But before that, let's talk about Fox News. Fox News paid $15 million to ex-host after gender pay disparity claims. Melissa Francis was pulled off the air in October of 2020 amid a dispute about pay disparity between men and women at Fox and later filed a complaint with the Department of Labor. Let's pull up let's pull up Melissa Francis on on Fox News, shall we? What she have to say? Oh no, no! I really, I want her. I want segments of her on Fox News. Is Matt Lauer? Oh, Tucker Carlson again. Melissa Francis co-hosts Fox's After the Bell, which is a great show. All the way back in April of this year, she said several television networks were full of sexual predators and that managers knew exactly... Yes! Including your own, Tucker! I believe you were you were there while Roger Ailes was there. Roger Ailes was still there. Yeah, you would have overlapped. Exactly who those predators were. Melissa Francis has been in TV a long time, so she would know. She joins us tonight. <laughs> Not that long, but, but yeah, long careful, enough to careful, know. Tucker. Yeah. So, so you said, I remember exactly when you said this. Yeah. Just restate what you said and explain why you said it. So I had the bad fortune of going out to promote my book, Lessons from the Prairie, the day after Bill O'Reilly was fired from our network. So when yeah. I went to other networks to do the tour and Hoda and Kathy Lee were kind enough to have me on their morning show, yeah. one of the questions everyone asked me, which is fair, we would do the same thing. They said to me, what the heck is going on over at Fox? And I said, you know, we're going through a period It's really painful, um, you know, and we're embarrassed by what's going on. Well, hey, they're talking about it. They're confronting it head on. We're talking about Roger Ailes, though. Former Fox News host Melissa Francis received a settlement of roughly $15 million from the network after complaining about gender pay-based discrepancies, discrimination at the conservative cable giant. The enormous payout, which is on par with the huge settlements that Fox News gave a number of female employees who alleged sexual misconduct, from former CEO Roger Ailes and ex-star Bill O'Reilly, was first reported by the Washington Post on Sunday. 
Revelation about Francis's settlement amount comes just months after the Daily Beast first reported that she had filed a complaint with the New York State Department of Labor, claiming that Fox News retaliated against her for pointing out the pay disparity. While neither Francis nor her attorney, Kevin Mincer, would comment on the settlement amount, Mincer did provide a, set- a statement on Francis's complaint with the Labor Department. Melissa filed her charge with the Department of Labor not for herself, but for the women of the company who are still there. Mitzer told the Daily Beast, contrary to Fox News' false claims about a new era, what happened to Melissa shows that sexism and retaliation are still prevalent at at the network. We continue to cooperate with the Department of Labor, and we look forward to receiving the findings of their investigation. A little dirt on Fox. Oh. What did you learn from your dad? This Father's Day, we're going to finish up tonight talking about fathers. Got a little bit from PragerU here in a second. Oh, it's these it's these journalists just like being like, oh, well, I learned my blah, blah, blah from my dad. I thought there was going to be I thought there was going to be some some questions being asked, and I was going to answer the questions. I found my, uh, this year's Father's Day gift for my dad in Denver. Colombia elects Gustav Petro as country's first leftist. That's good. That's good news. The first black woman is vice president. You can see her there with her fist raised. Guess we'll go ahead. We'll do the Prager shit. I don't know if this is Dennis or not. Dennis, are you going to tell us why fathers? Oh God, we got Jordy Pete telling us about fathers. God damn. So Prager, you posted this today. So I thought it, I thought it was uh, appropriate. The far reaching impact of fatherlessness. Oh shit. Apparently, it's a dose of Jordan Peterson. Boys' IQ has dropped about 15 points since the 1980s. And make a case in your book that that's related to fatherlessness. Boys scored lower than girls in the 63 largest developed nations in which the PISA, a set of international standard tests, was given. Boys are 50% more likely than girls to fail to meet basic proficiency in any of the three core subjects of reading, math, and science. By eighth grade in the U.S., 40% of girls are at least proficient in writing compared to one in five boys. Boys who perform as well as girls are graded less favorably. Boys have gone from 61% of university degrees to 39%. Girls, the reverse. Percent of boys who say they don't like school has gone up 70% since 1980. Boys are expelled from school three times as often and girls as girls. Okay, okay, so there's, there's what you call lurking variables here. The, the amount of people who say they don't like school going up since 1980, I would contribute that to fucking, like, popular culture and media and shit. When you grew up in the 80s with all these shows that were marketed to kids and, like, it, it became a trope, like, oh, school sucks, blah, blah, blah. And you've got all these shows that are uh, trying to appeal to kids. And, and instead of having Schoolhouse Rock... 
which made education fun. Uh, you know, school kind of became the villain. And when, when you get to your Nickelodeon age and shit, right? It was indeed. But fucking Jordan Peterson, all he knows how to do is gish gallop. Girls, one in three children in the UK and the US. And also, a lot of a lot of people want to imply that fatherlessness is a moral failing, an individual moral failing. That is one of the things. Like when you hear right wingers talk about fatherlessness as a reason for some socioeconomic woe, crime, blah, blah, success of children in school, whatever it is, it's usually trying to say that there's a moral failing in the black community. It's the same people always saying this shit. But there's, there's once again, a lurking variable here. People who don't have fathers tend to be poor. It's the poorness. People who don't do well in school tend to be poor. It's kind of like the whole, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation. Ice cream sales and murder both go up in the summer. But ice cream doesn't cause murder. It's just, it's, it's because the heat goes up and people are out associating with each other more. There, yes, there is a dog whistle there. And they all fucking do it. All these right-wingers do it. And it's a, and it, it takes responsibility off of uh, decisions we've made as a society. One, to, to, to break families up in poor communities. And this affects communities of color unequally. They are overrepresented in our prison population because of this. We break their families up. We break poor families up. Lactose murder spree happens every year. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, I, I had an issue the other day and I broke my toilet and it was an active shitter situation. Uh, but like, I... <sighs> It makes it seem like there's not a governmental policy that we can do to change this. But it's just a failing of this certain community. And I, I hate I hate to uh, even try to contemplate what their solutions would be. Grow up without a father. Are fathers necessary? Oh, here we go. Here's Dennis Prager. The need to explain why fathers are necessary would have been regarded as, well, unnecessary. It would have been like explaining why water or air is necessary. But we live at a time in which the obvious is routinely denied. There have been articles in the most prestigious journals denying the importance of fathers. The Atlantic magazine, for example, published an article titled, Our Father's Ne- Okay, first of all, you said prestigious journals... And then cited the Atlantic. No, sir. No, sir. The Atlantic is not a prestigious journal. The Atlantic is a reputable news source. And I would assume a a question posed in a headline like this, this is some sort of editorial or opinion piece. 
necessary. A paternal contribution may not be as essential as we think. The New York Times published a discussion among five intellectuals titled, What Are Fathers For? One of them, Hannah Rosen, an editor at New York Magazine, opened her response by stating, I'm not sure whether a child needs a father. I could give dozens of such examples. I'll just give one more. HuffPost published a piece titled, Fathers Are Not Needed. And also, you can't present examples of clickbait fucking headlines that are trying to get people riled up to click on them as supporting evidence for your premise, Prager. You fuck. God, I hate you. Dismissal of the importance of fathers is not universal. In a 2008 Father's Day speech a few months before his election as President of the United States, Barack Obama said, Fathers are critical to the foundation of each family. That they are teachers and coaches, they are mentors and role models, they are examples of success, and they are the men who constantly push us toward it. What makes his comments particularly noteworthy is that Barack Obama grew up without a father. Both boys and girls need fathers. We'll begin with boys. A boy has no built-in understanding about how to be a man. Meaning a good What does that mean? What does how to be a man? What does that mean? Most obviously regarding sex and violence. If a boy does not have a father whom male nature is wild. You live in sexual anarchy. I might go out here and rape some kills of people if I don't have a strong father figure in my life. Wow. Models how a man controls himself. He will most likely not know how to control himself, let alone want to. That's why most males in prison for violent crimes grew up without a father. After days of riots in the UK in 20... I bet they grew up in poverty. I bet they grew up in poverty. Christina Adone wrote a column for the London Telegraph, whose title says it all. London riots, absent fathers have a lot to answer for. In the column, she wrote, The majority of rioters are gang members. Like the overwhelming majority of youth offenders behind bars, these gang members have one thing in common, no father at home. There's no question that... Didn't have no daddy around when I was growing up. ...out their son's father. But common sense alone suggests that a mother simply cannot model... It's a real song. I sang a real song to you. ...model to a girl what a woman should be. And then there is the issue of controlling boys and their wild natures. Again, there are mothers who are able to do this. I'm sorry, Mox. ...as difficult as so many are... As he gets older, most mothers will find it more and more difficult to control their son because unruly boys listen to their fathers much more than they listen to their mothers, which is precisely why most violent criminals grew up in fatherless homes. They obviously did not listen to their mothers. Listen, Dennis, Linus, listen, listen, listen. If I listened to my dad more than my mom, I probably would be in prison. My dad was not a savory character. My dad, like, fucking, it's amazing my dad didn't go to prison at any point in time in his life. Holy shit. Now, I've, you know, I've, I've mentioned to you guys that my dad was a, a, a drug addict. 
But I never mentioned that like he was fucking high functioning. The man was a blaster. The man was a fucking... He blew up mountains for a living. And was like speedballing. Like give that dude some oxys and some cocaine. And like that dude was happy as fuck. Well, I don't know about happy. It was his favorite thing in the fucking world. But I don't know if he'd be fucking happy about it. God. What a wild individual. If I listen if I listen to my dad more in life, I had to I had to go fucking get my dad out of jail one time. So um I was the news director of nine radio stations in Pikeville, Kentucky. And uh my dad was driving back from my brother's house and he flipped my mom's Highlander. And he, he was apparently on Xanax's and Loratabs. <laughs> Flipped my mom's Highlander, completely totaled it. And they took him to the hospital to get checked out and everything. And, you know, they had him in cuffs at the hospital. As they're bringing him around to take him to the to the jail, like the, the cops had already called me and shit because, like, I I, w- I was in with everybody in the town. Like, it was a little small fucking town. I was the news director of all these radio stations. I had, like, the, I had like the, the fucking Willy Wonka key, right? I don't even, I don't even know if I got that fucking, uh, le- uh, that example right, because I've never seen, uh, I've never seen Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, fuck. They're like bringing him around to the hospital. There I am, just like my mom made me leave him in there a day. Made me leave him in there a day, and I got because I was still on somewhat good terms with him. But this, no, I think I'd punched him in the face, and that's why I'd gotten kicked out of uh, out of my mom's house. And I hadn't spoken to him until until this. But like, I got him out of jail the next day because mom wanted him to spend a night. And I had uh, I had I had a Laura tab for him to take, and I had one for him to snort, so he'd get a little high, but he could also get a little back relief. And we're like, all right, now I got to drive. Mom doesn't even want to see you. I have to drive you to uh, detox. You gotta go stay in the detox for seven days. <laughs> but I get you a little high before you go here. Hit the bong or whatever. Hit this. Hit this pipe. Nicer than I should have been to him. Ah, oh, my dad. I've got I've got all kinds of I got all kinds of stories. Oh shit, do I still have uh I photoshopped his face on a picture of me not that long ago. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Everybody was doing the uh the aging app thing. So I, I, uh, I did the, I did the aging app myself. Just put Lonnie Mullins's picture over my face. Oh, happy father's day. Lonnie. He dead now. He dead. God, he's been gone like a year now or something like fucking feels weird. I don't know. I hadn't talked to him since 2016. The last thing, the last thing I ever said to my dad, uh, I called him on the phone or I called my mom on the house phone and he picked up 
And I said, where the fuck is mom at? No one wants to talk to your dumb ass. And he threw the phone at my mom. And she's like, what'd you say to him? <laughs> like, we shouldn't have took it out on you. Was that was that a Final Fantasy shirt? Yes. Yes, it was. It was a Final Fantasy shirt that says party time. <laughs> yes, I love that shirt. I, it's, it's somebody in blue over here. It's like maybe a sword wielder. Old school. I, I play old school Final Fantasy. I'm itching to play some old games, but like I have a PS5. Oh no, it, yeah, it might have been a Black Mage. That's exactly who it is. It's a Black Mage on the far end. I've been wanting to go back and play like Final Fantasy. Like uh, the, they've got the pixel rema- uh, remixes, remaster, whatever the fuck they called it. I'd really like to go back and play them, but I have a PS5, so I feel like you know. I'm wasting a PS5 if I don't play it. As regards daughters, the father is the man girls learn to relate to. Without a father to relate to and... and let me tell you, as a as a childless person, I'm a cat dad. I'm a cat dad. It's a happy Father's Day for me because I'm, I'm, I'm the world's greatest cat dad. I've got the mug to fucking prove it. I can tell you that I have the time to sit back and play some fucking PlayStation 5 because I ain't got no goddamn kids. Seriously, fuck kids. I don't know why anybody... No, don't, don't, don't literally fuck kids, figuratively. Literally fucking kids will get you into some trouble, won't it, Dennis? Not implying that Dennis fucks kids, but like, look at him. Look at him. And he's he's a religious conservative. Come the fuck on. Bond with, there are at least two destructive consequences. First, she will not know how to choose a man wisely. She will not know how a man should treat her. And she may well end up with a man who mistreats her. Second, to fulfill her desire to bond with a man... As primally yearning in most women as bonding with a woman is in most men, she will go from man to man. Girls without fathers in their lives are far more likely to be sexually promiscuous and to begin sexual cares? at an earlier age, which in turn are reasons many young women are depressed. Few women find sleeping with man after man fulfilling just anecdotally, I'd know that to like not be true. Finally, fathers give both sons and daughters. But that's anecdotally need most a sense of safety and security. As much as children need love, they need a sense of security. Big strong manly man, manly man, Dennis. Pra- you would you feel secure if Dennis Prager was the man in your house? If somebody broke in trying to fuck a motherfucker up, you, would you feel secure with Dennis Prager there? I wouldn't. That feeble old man, and at no point in time in Dennis Prager's life has has he been in a position where he could he could like fucking I could take Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager, I could take you. Let's go. 
Let's go, brother. Let's go. Let's have a fight. And dads give security. People who like to get laid tend to be promiscuous. Having one and being one, but by the many people, men and women of all ages, who have told me that they see me as a father figure. I am honored to fill that role. I don't know why. I don't know why. Grandfathers, uncles, teachers, mentors, clergy, and yes, even a man on the radio. No, no, do not let your kids anywhere near the clergy. They will rape them. I promise you that. The clergy will rape your kids. I'm sorry, I hate to say it. Like I know I know some people are like, they're good Christians out there. No, the clergy gonna rape your kids. Keep them away from your fucking kids. But some man has to be your father. I'm Dennis Prager. No man has to be your father, but you can go find you plenty of daddies. Oh, uh, I got one more. I got one more for you. This is from Dennis Prager. It has nothing to do with fathers. This is a completely unrelated issue. Dennis Prager says that they won't debate us. Why the left won't debate? Ache to have. Why the left won't debate even when offered money? Guys, in my chat right now, if Dennis Prager offered me money to go and debate him, would I not go debate him? Vosh, Sam Cedar. Sam Cedar will debate Dennis Prager any fucking day, I'm sure. I am positive. Uh, uh, Hassan will go and debate Dennis Prager. Kyle Kalinske will debate Dennis Prager. I am, I am certain of it. Positive, positive. All the people I just mentioned would go and debate Dennis Prager. Now, some of those might be nominally on the left. Chank would debate Dennis Prager. Anna would probably debate Dennis Prager. I know for a fact that Ben Burgess would debate Dennis Prager because Ben Burgess commented and said, let's do it. Maybe, maybe he quote treated it. Maybe that's where I even saw this from was Ben Burgess. I, Ben Burgess is the debate. That's the one I want more than anything. Ben Burgess versus Dennis Prager. That's the one I would pay to see. And Ben Burgess would uh, knock him out. I'll give you another interesting thing that people don't reflect on. We ache to have them on our shows we ache to debate them, but they won't debate us, and they won't come on our shows, and they won't us have us on their shows. I have offered tens of thousands of dollars to any left-wing columnist on the New York Times to debate me anywhere they want. They could choose the moderator. They could choose the audience. And serious money, and that's 99%. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. So now we're, we're going to see did the same thing earlier. All of these prestigious journals have written about this, but I'm going to present you with the Atlantic. Nobody on the le- left will debate me, but I'm going to present you this very narrow prestige journalist 
institution that I've tried to, to, to goad into debating, and they won't debate me. And that applies to 90-90% of the left. Fucking shit. ...of the New York Times columnists are, are leftists. Maybe right. there are three that are not non-left. Uh, but they would never do it. I ache to debate them. I would raise $100,000 probably. I could probably raise that. To Sam Cedar, do it for free. Next, Kendi, debate Larry Elder. I can't. They're not going to go debate Larry Elder. Larry Elder is not a serious person. They're not. They're, no, no. Okay, it would end the career of Tanahisi Coates or Ibram and X. They Kendi. know that they would be regarded as the ah! intellectual frauds that they are. Larry would wipe the floor with them. The key to their success is not. Wow. Name. Wow. He thinks Larry Elder would wipe the floor with, with Tanahashi Coates. Right-wingers are morons. Absolute fucking morons. Dumbest fucks walking the planet. Happy Father's Day, everyone. If you got a dad you like, if you're into that sort of thing. Happy Happy Father's Day to all the hard-working single moms out there. You deserve it as well. I know there's a lot of debate. People give you some fucking grief for making it your day, too. I don't care. You guys, you out there, you single moms. Like, that's a, that's one of the things. If you think, if, if Prager thinks that father, uh, fatherhood is so important, then wouldn't he be equally as appreciative of all the single moms out there? Wouldn't he realize how hard of a job they have been doing? Not once did he acknowledge them in that video or think about their perspective. <laughs> this is this is an animal sanctuary. They're telling they're telling all the uh, the babies good night. We're gonna tuck everybody in. Thank you. I love you. Good night. Oh. I love you so much. I hope you have sweet dreams. The first night in the barn. Good night, Miss Dolly. The barn. Oh. That it was his first day in the barn. He was looking at the window like, "What? Where am I at?" I hate that for him, but it's clear that he's got he's got a a very loving family taking care of him. How you doing, Romy? Oh, Romy, you're adorable. Oh, I love them all. I want to hug them all. Good night, beautiful. Good night, Mommy. You be a good boy, okay? I love you so, so much. Look at those eyes. Good night, Miss Molly. You be a good girl tonight, okay? Miss Molly. Sit change, beautiful. Kiss. Good night, beautiful. I haven't even queued up anybody over on Twitch yet. Like I'm a, I'm in tears over here looking at the puppies. Searching. I 
Hey, buddy. Why are you over there by yourself? You got that big old barn? Look like all kinds of friends. Oh. This little dude been eating a lot. Baby biscuit, biscuit so big. That's a big old biscuit. We're so happy you're here, baby girl. I love you so much. I hope you have the sweetest dreams tonight. I will tell you, I'm gonna go and hug all my cats after this. I love you. He's a handsome man. Look at him. Ajax. Now apparently, like uh, shelters have taken to, uh, and this, this is the sanctuary we're watching right now. This is a shelter. Uh, babies they're trying to adopt out. They're giving them like unique names and pop culture names, hoping they'll go viral. Like you know, like like a they may name a uh, a puppy Morbius or something, you know. Your name Morbin Time. <laughs> Try to capitalize on the meme craze and make sure they get adopted. If you're watching on Twitch, you're gonna get you're gonna head over to USA Hole. Mel doesn't run tomorrow. There's no court in session, but I'm gonna be here. Go ahead. Light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.